0: Welcome, everyone! It's episode fifty-one of the Ten Fifty Six podcast, the Bernie Williams episode. Shout out to Tony; bird, he knew what was going on. Bird. Copyright infringement. That's it. Bird,
1: baby, bird.
0: That's right, Bernie Williams. Man, that that guy was our sports childhood. Man, Bernie Williams. That whole nineties, two thousand Yankees. Man, nothing else like it. And there's nothing else like him on stage playing his Latin jazz.
1: Does he really play Latin jazz? That's what he plays. He plays guitar in his own Latin jazz band. My yeah. brother saw him at a festival. I don't think that was his intention. I think he was also. <laughs> well, that, I don't think he, he likes his music, but I think he went there and that was like a bonus. He went to see other groups Yeah. and he got to meet him. He has a picture of him. And so Bernie's his guy, right? Like yeah. Jeter's always been my guy. Everyone has their dude, right? That's yep. their favorite player. Bernie's his. So that was a big deal. And that was yeah. very cool. And I still don't think he showered since. That's gross. And that well, was fifteen years. And he that I was hope 15 years ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love that too. Yeah. I have my guy, obviously Hideki Matsui. Okay. Well, you and ever.
1: I you and I have a beautiful story, which I actually think we should save till episode fifty five.
0: Yes, I 100% wholeheartedly agree. But Hideki Matsui, that 2009 run was beautiful. That's it, beautiful man. Time. He he was the goat of it's the 2009 still baseball season.
1: Dill is That's, the goat.
0: Well, not really. You ever heard of a guy named uh, Gary Sanchez? Fun fact: I have a signed poster of him. Yo, my baseball for-
1: sucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I'm trying to like follow with baseball and. I know the Yankees got Corey Kluber, which is cool, and he was on the and six-year deal with DJ Lemayu, my friend. Yeah, that's that's six years. Yeah, that's great. Hey, welcome to the Beer Podcast, where we solely talk about the Yankees, the most insufferable fan base in all of sports. Talking about, but I'm not one of them. No, we're not. I'm. I'm I know when they're. I know when they suck. All right, and I know when they should
1: be good, and they're not doing it. They're okay, but they should be better. Like I will pick apart this team no problem yeah it's just exciting that the parts of the team that did well that are that we need are coming back we're mm-hmm. trying to fill out some gaps here and we ha- i mean we have a young team man we gotta we gotta make a push yeah. big push <sighs> push
0: yeah <laughs> i actually funny story i'll talk about one quick uh early 2000s yankee story and then we can actually go talking about beer i promise um in two thousand and one, I think it was the first game in the playoffs after nine eleven, the one that George Bush threw out the first pitch. Uh, my dad, strike, yeah. My dad and my brother were at that game, and I remember because like my brother was like in elementary school, and I'm a couple years younger than him, and he just remembers it being like absolute chaos. There was like armed guards, you know, because it's like right after 9-11, so everyone's freaking out. People are fighting and whatnot, and he said it that was the loudest he's ever heard of place when uh bush like threw that strike like you have it, a it, it have was a it done. was perfect oh.
1: yeah. Yeah, it was perfect timing because you know uh, politics aside like people can have their issues or like him or not like him for what it is yeah and you know we can get in we we won't get into it but people can yeah, get into won't. that <laughs> but the fact of the matter is is that the country went through a, a absolute tragedy there yeah you know, like we've never never seen anything like that. The world really hadn't seen anything really like that. And baseball is America's pastime, is one of them, right? You know, yeah. baseball and football drive top football. American sports. Yeah. And in that time, we needed a, a di- like not a distraction, but something to relieve the, the trauma. Yeah. And nothing like having your president go out there And not only throw out the first pitch to show like we're going to be okay. Again, I know we're like everyone's mind could go like down the politics route, just hang in there. (laughs) (laughs) And what he throws is an absolute strike. Now he obviously has a baseball background. He, he owned the Rangers and, you know, he grew up with baseball as a kid. So that wasn't a big deal, but there's that famous story of what Jeter said to him. He goes, so are you going to, he says, are you going to pitch from the,
0: the dirt, are you gonna, from he the says, "Are you
1: going to pitch from the from the rubber? Or are you going to pitch in front of the pl- uh, mound?" He goes, "I'm going to pitch in front of the mound." He says, "Good, because if you bounce it, they'll boo you." And that's true. If he if he yes. threw it like if he threw it like <laughs> 50 fifty cent through it,
0: we got a problem. Like that oh. would not be just like oh, it
1: would be like <gasps> he wouldn't have made yeah. it out of this thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Early two thousands, like Yankees fan, like th- they don't pull back now. But like you think before, like social media, before all this shit, like. People didn't care. At and, that time, emotions oh, were at its highest. So he, yeah. for
1: him to throw an absolute <laughs> strike from the from the mound, from the top of the mound, from the rubber, was a beautiful thing to behold. Yeah,
0: and and my dad and my brother were like, "Yeah, that's the loudest I've ever heard a place go." I'm, would I would have like, gone.
1: I would if I was there. I would gone nuts. I I forget what I was doing at that time, but I do remember
0: that time period. God. I feel like now I'm at the age like I'm starting to feel old because. I f- that's one of the, the things about getting older is you're like, oh, I remember baseball back when Reggie Jackson was playing and when like Ozzy Smith was playing. And like my all- dad was
1: at the three home run game by Reggie Jackson.
0: There you go. And you know, people are like, Oh, I remember when uh, Jackie Robinson was playing. It's like, I remember when like the from 1999 to 2001, like those three, whatever the three P was, like Tino Martinez, Scott Brocious, Jeter, Bernie Williams, Jorge Posada, like that was 98, 99, 2000, 2001. We lost. That's right to the Diamondbacks. Whoops. 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 We Tyler, made it there, the, but putting the prices right. We thing. almost, almost got it. Now, <laughs> yeah, we that, did. That would have been
1: the beautiful moment if the New York team won on two thousand and one. Yeah. Way you to know. go, Luis Gonzalez. Yeah. yeah. What a, that, what a whatever. Dick. So yeah. No, I hear you. That, that was just like it was nineties sports was absolute mayhem and beautiful thing. Yeah. Like, I my I you know I started to feel like I'm not old. We're not old we're not saying we're old. So people who are old, relax. Okay.
2: Yeah. Where it starts to click a little bit,
1: (laughs) where it starts to click a little bit is when those athletes are younger than you for the first time. Mm -hmm. So like Bryce Harper was my first one where I realized like he's our age, but his birthday is a couple months after mine. Yeah. So it's, I realized like, Oh, this is happening. My dad always says like, wait till you're older than all the players. Wait till you're as old as the managers Wait till you're as old as retired managers and wait till you're older than retired managers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're close.
0: Sean McVay from the Rams is like 34. We're not like, we're kind of far from that, but we're not like totally far. We'll see. (laughs) I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, shout out to Bernie Williams. If you're listening to this, what are you doing? And then want to come on the show? Shout out to your Latin jazz, man. So that'd be cool. I feel like that's a bucket list. Bernie Williams. I'll interview anything. I'll interview anybody on this thing. We I mean, we need like we need like a celebrity that has like a beer like no, angle to it. No, yeah. we do. Come on. Like Stone He Cold. had a beer once. No, like he makes his own beer. Like, fine, like then how Cold. about how
1: about we review one of the members of the 86 Mets because they were all trashed. Hey, yo.
0: <laughs> Listen, addiction is a problem, Jeff. We should not about I didn't laugh say on that. cocaine, although that I... too. <laughs> Yeah, didn't you meet Dwight
1: Gooden? I did. I did meet Dwight Gooden.
0: Was he on the A6 Mets he I know was on he's on the up. Yankees.
1: He was on the up before he went on the down. That, well it's he, he, Was he
0: on the Mets during that time, right? I know he's on the yeah. Yankees, but yeah. okay.
1: Oh, no what a time. Team. Keith Hernandez and Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry and
0: the like. Yeah. They were pretty boring people. Wink. I think
1: they're I think they were gonna try to make a show out of it. Anyways, let's talk about beer. <laughs>
0: what I yeah, I remember my first beer. Ty, what was your first beer? uh that's a great question i i think it was probably budweiser at the age of 20 at the age of 21 jeez jeff wow i'm not talking about anything illegal here
1: oh right right
0: mine was a keystone light at 20 when you turned 21 when you had your Uh, first beer jeez man 22
1: i like to wait i give it a buffer year
0: oh that's true you like you don't like to be the first adapter you, you know that, i
1: was just the classic example that your first beer always <laughs> sucks right like that's true. it's true it does and you know I, not that, only did i not enjoy my first beer because i wasn't used to the taste of it i had a bad one to begin with that i still don't enjoy the taste of
0: i see like th- and that's a great segue because i always think about this there there's people like in any like industry where there's gatekeeping involved music is a big one and beer, I think, is another big one where you you get these people kind of split in half of you drink craft beer, you're never going to touch a macro again, and you get the people who drink beer and are like, "I just wanted to crush like twelve Miller Lights." Like there is no in between. It's that is <laughs> you're on one side of the fence or your other when it comes down to that. I feel like although totally I'm more inclined right. to I'm more inclined to grab a Yingling than I am anything else. Yeah, I but mean good. It, I love, we love Miller Lite, you know? Live forever. If we were ever going to get a major corporate sponsor, I'm putting this out in the air right now. Miller Lite, just saying. That would be cool. They have their nose
1: to the internet ground.
0: I'll tell you that right now. Listen, we're trending up. I like a course. No, no, dude. Are they owned by the same company? Rolling Rock? I love, I loved Rolling Rock. I was on a kick. Do you remember that? Like when I I, It was a problem. I, I don't know why. But, like, that's what I would go to. Not that I was, like, drinking, like, 12 a day. But, like, instead of drinking, like, Miller Lite Bud Light, I would grab Rolling Rock. And I was like, what? Like, no one is trying this. And everyone's like, because that's for 70-year-old men did who you go think, down to, like, the club. <laughs>
1: did you think that it was, like the upper echelon of that style of beer no no i put it, it just on like, some pedestal
0: no i didn't no way did i put it on a pe- i knew it was like a cheap beer because it was like 20 bucks for a 30 and i was like wow this is pretty good it tastes like it that actually tastes like water i know oh, like, like that actually does and i was like oh this is really good i think i told my brother one time he's like yeah because like it's you and the seven-year-old people who go down to like their their local like card club or whatever, and Never. drink drink that. I have no shame in that. I have no shame in admitting that. But I'm I'm I have evolved from that. I drink Miller Light. Oh yeah, drink- what did you evolve into? What have you been drinking? Transition. No nothing. Okay, the That's sober fair. month is almost over. When this is coming out, February first, we're turning anew. And yeah, I'm i'm glad i did this it's a good like challenge i almost cracked a few times i was like nah had a busy day whatever I have a lot of good beer in my fridge i do i'm very like jealous of my fridge but uh <laughs> your fridge isn't drinking it well my fridge is consuming it it's inside it's of holding
1: it. it if you want to feel like your fridge just put it in your hand no <sighs>
0: No, no, that makes too much sense for this <laughs> joke. No. I'm thinking it's consuming it, okay? Like it's a mouth and it's eating my beer, okay? So put and the it, can um, in your mouth and hold it there. Don't don't tempt me. I'm not, that, I'm not missing beer that much, okay. <laughs> Everyone chill out.
1: Follow us on Instagram. We'll get that on our
0: story. Um here, plug so, us
1: real quick. Tell people where they can find us. Yeah, don't.
0: good, good one. 1056-P-O-D-C-A-S-T and follow us on untapped T-I-E-L-E-R. We're only on
1: Instagram for those listening. You didn't
0: say. But also on Untapped, I just said follows on Untapped.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like on Instagram.
0: Yeah, on Untapped. Hey, how's your Untapped going, Jeff?
1: Oh, it's great. I've added several new beers in the last two years.
0: No, (laughs) I always give you shit about that. I'm only kidding. Um, But listen, but listen. For those
1: who are listening who don't know, we have to plug it, dude. The second episode of 1050 Sips is out. It It is phenomenal. Phenomenal time. It's a good time. Go check it out. And listen, let us know what you think. I want to hear your thoughts.
0: Enough people are like, this is amazing. I want people who hate it. Come out of the weeds. Tell us we suck. I'm going to put your comments in the video. Don't, don't, you don't think I will? I will. Just saying. No, I mean, like, yeah. You might. Tell us what you think. We have a new one coming out. We couldn't figure out what beer to use. We're working with Tom M on another one that's coming out soon. Um, but we are we have, well, yeah. Remember I told you, remember I told you about that. Doesn't matter. You me now.
1: Couple weeks. Come on, man. I can't keep track of this week.
0: Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. So we're working with Tom MM something um that's coming soon tom if you're listening to this yes i'll reach out to you soon i haven't forgotten blah 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 anyway um he's always listening he is what's well, is good you need we got to get those numbers up man i th- he is you want to talk about gatekeepers he is the gatekeeper about what is good and what is not that's right just saying so he's uh, my gateway uh, gateway to what you think and i was gonna ask did you you don't have any doubts oh uh, okay yeah that's a good answer not, not. I don't know. Yeah, gateway to sours, you could say, because you hate Ew. stout so much that you want to go to. You love sours. Come on. No, I prefer a stout. Do Do you? I, I would. I do
1: prefer them. Yes. You looked away when you said that. That's because I'm playing with this velcro thing
0: to keep it you calm. St- <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So we have. We actually have one that we got for this next episode ah there you go we have one uh that kind of came out of the clouds uh it was we're not gonna give anything i'm not giving anything else away to that but i texted jeff and i was like what do you think about this and and the rest is history so i'm actually gonna be picking that up tomorrow and i'm looking forward to uh to trying it so it's just ride the wave baby that's it that's all that's all i'll say to that all right that's it
1: What's what's new in, in beer
0: news, dude? No, dude, that's fucking Malkator's thing, man. We can't call it beer news, obviously. I didn't call it beer news. I was just say like, what's new in it. Yeah, good good save there. All right, what's new in news about beer? beer. Better. <laughs> so, uh, two things, two really quick things. Um, as you know, our boy Tom M, the Stout Season It's Always guy, uh, he's doing another raffle. This time. Supporting local restaurants and breweries. He went out um, and he is giving back to the community. He has a ton of $50 gift cards that he is raffling away to local breweries such as Tribus, No Worries, 12%, Tox, Little House Beard, Five Churches, and then some of the restaurants Blind Rhino, Oak Haven, Eli Cannon's, J Tim's, or J Timothy's, Bar 333, Brewport, some good ones. Um, it's going on between January 27th and February 7th. So if you're listening to this right now, live, I guess on Monday or anytime between now and February 7th, uh, you still have time. The winner will be announced live the following Monday, next Monday, February 8th. Um, go check out CT beer drinkers. You can uh, shoot him a Venmo at Tom M three, one, six, five, six. Jeff and I already donated not to pat ourselves on the back, but we're better than you. So, um woo! <laughs> That just cut like it clipped at the perfect time so I you you were saying woo, but it just came out as woo. <laughs> Sorry if I just like bl- bl- made people's ears bleed by that, but honestly go support him. Uh can't recommend it enough. Give back to the community however you can and uh there's that and then speaking of 12 percent uh shout out to the rate beer results for the best uh breweries beers and new brewer for so Connecticut I'm, I'm,
1: I'm excited Tyler had told me about this before we started recording but he did not tell me the winners so I'm yep. hearing it if you haven't heard of who won then I'm with you I yeah. I'm excited we're gonna yep. get all loose Find out yeah. who the winners are. We're going to congratulate
0: our winners and condemn
1: the losers to social isolation.
0: I like this. I can lay into that, too. So uh, for Connecticut, we have Best Beer. That goes to the collaboration of Fat Orange Cat and Nightmare Brewing Company. Feed Me a Stray Cat. Uh, I've heard amazing things about that. And there you go. <laughs> uh, Tyler, why don't you throw a little Ric Flair in there, too, if you feel like it. Oh, i
2: and profiling upside down,
0: um, but yeah, woo. feed me a stray cat. It was a triple IPA, uh, it was rated a 4.1 on untapped out of 3,800 ratings. This was all over the country, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. this came out of 12%. So, their distro, I think I saw it in like Chicago, I saw it some places else, like some other places in the Midwest. This was getting a lot of traction, a lot of love. Um, so shout out to Fat Orange Cat and Nightmare. Those are two really good breweries on their own. Congratulations, folks. I think they might make another comeback at that, and I have to grab that. So best Who's the brewer. Next one? Best brewer. That actually goes to OEC, a former uh, review of ours on the pod. which Which we have thoroughly enjoyed our time there. So that is very,
1: yeah. very cool. What that was pre
0: pre? Yeah, that was like the last time you. we went out. Yeah, that was the last time we went out because we went there and then we were at the um thing at the. That beer. was the same day. That was yeah. That was for my birthday almost a wow. year ago. I and forgot the next that was week the same. was COVID. I I <laughs> yeah. that it was
1: same day.
0: Isn't that nuts? Yeah. So March seventh, uh, OEC was it? It always is this like underground, almost like hipster brewery because you don't it's not this like flashy thing. You don't see people like aligning up to sell out for these beers, but a, they sell out and beer, uh, Jesus B. They're all really great beers. I think we had, I had aura. We have orangey. I remember like, those are really good. And we have beer reviews coming up sometime in like March at the end of Q1. As we say in the biz, Um, orangey might be up there for best beer of the year. I distinctly remember that. Um, Shout out to Mulcator because they recently brought up uh, OEC because they got sent some crazy beer from them that was like $35 for like a 10-ounce bottle. It was like this $35 bottle. I remember I saw people talking about it. It was like this weird thing. Um, couldn't even tell you what it is. But they're known for these really weird, concoctions that they turn into beer or meat or whatever so shout out to that's the thing is that their style is very like fancy but they're not fancy they're not fancy people you
1: walk in and they're just like down to earth tattooed people and every everything they do is like in a bottle and and it's great what did you eat there
0: uh kevin got a pretzel yeah i don't think i had anything there maybe i did maybe i got a pretzel i don't know but yeah i mean it's it's shout out to oec so what's the next one uh the last one is best new brewer and i think this goes with no surprise it's marlo artisanal ales uh eager to share uh yeah peluche some amazing beers um yeah marlo puts out some straight heat so no surprises there from connecticut some other hitters uh, California, if you if you can imagine, best beer was Pliny the Younger, and Russian River was the best brewer. Out of Florida, Cigar City, Iowa, Toppling Goliath, you know all the big ones. Who Guess what the, the best top, beer in Maine was? was Maine beer. Who is the best beer in Nebraska? Best beer in Nebraska, uh, best brewer is White Elm, and the best beer was Cross Strain Fairy Nectar London Double Dry Hopped. Hey, make the name longer. Hey, make <laughs> it. I bet you it's, it tastes like corn. <laughs> Probably. Uh, New York was other half. Massachusetts was Trillium, which, ooh, a little treehouse Trillium back and forth. I mean, say what you want. But Vermont, Hill Farmstead, no surprise. And I think Oregon was Great Notion. Again, no surprise. I love Great Notion. I got to get more Great Notion in my life, but I don't feel like paying $3,000 for it. That's a lie. If you have any um, Great Notion on your person and you live in Connecticut, drop was a DM, baby slide into it slide in it's all moist. if there's right. anything we're gonna get from this podcast is the connections to get the beer into our possession that we can't get otherwise okay if, if nothing else if we don't get a deal from miller light if nothing else when give do we me that when do we tell the people that the only reason
1: we actually started this podcast was to get free beer
0: uh is this on this is live Oh wait, no, Uh-oh. I stopped recording. Good oh, thing, okay, cool, good cool, thing. cool, 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 cool. I stopped recording right after you said the free beer thing. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, it's not, dude. We're like I said, we're journalists. Dude. We're trying to uncover the underbelly of this craft beer community. Yeah, I know they're all lizard people. And I'm going <laughs> to fucking prove it. <laughs> they're all lizard people that live at the center of Connecticut. Yes, where do you think they get their water? The Earth's core good point all right you know what, what? You, you got me there told you that's, got why, me our food. There. that's why our beer is delicious delicious man seriously I mean it is and it is but it they're is lizard playing. people and I'm gonna prove it <laughs> honestly dude people might call you out and be like hey man prove it how, how would you how would you prove it I already
1: have I have a leads and I will follow mm-hmm. them and I will keep you mm-hmm. updated when I remember to do that
0: hmm you know who wouldn't know probably Tom M he has this no, on the place I think he's the leader that's well that's what i'm saying Uh, that's how he would know because he's the leader so go ahead tom m all right the gig is up go ahead all right we'll wait okay we'll we'll post your response on our story which we probably won't but if i if i remember
1: (laughs) none of this is going to be remembered
0: no, none of this is. Um, so we had anyway. a great interview today. Yes, good way to read my mind there. Uh, yes, we did. So we were really lucky to have on Daniel Flynn. He is the founder of DRF Consulting. so he's not does lizard a lot person of, by
1: the way, I could prove that.
0: confirmed, not lizard person confirmed dude, um, the dude, as I said. And yeah, yeah he works with a lot of breweries in Connecticut to help with things like payroll and with like sales and, and quick time and Excel, he started listing the things off and I was just like, it just sounds like a lot of Excel. And I feel like as a brewer that there, it's just a lot of Excel that they don't want to do. And, and that's where, that's where good old Daniel Flynn comes in. So uh, he goes over a lot of what he does and sort of how breweries have turned around in the pandemic, what they've done, how they reach out to him, you know, and, and what have you. And um, yeah, then we talk about some of his favorite beers from the state. So, I don't know. I, it was I honestly. I love it. this
1: interview because he's just a really cool guy, and I think that everyone else is gonna love it. And I think if you are a brewery that might be listening, or you know somebody, and you know that they're they could use some help with the yeah. boring number stuff that is so unbelievably important, then uh, yeah. contact Daniel Flynn. He is. He has ple- He has so many clients. I'm sure they could all vouch for him. He but has he's like three
0: thousand take- clients.
1: He's taken on. He always taken on more clients. So please reach out to him if you have any questions. He also just for has a few clients that aren't breweries. So don't feel like you have to be one. Yeah, Contact it'd be really you. Cool go if out. You did reach out, out to him, purposes. and it's great. And I hope everyone enjoys it. I hope everyone enjoys it as they just watch. Like the Robinhood stock just plummet,
0: dude. I should have gotten on GameStop, dude. I was I was here before all the Wall Street before Wall Street bets got mainstream. I was there like four months ago when we were all like palatier, 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 almost gotten in. It's now double the stock price. So I don't like all this attention that Wall Street bets has been getting. That's why we're flipping over to Dogecoin because you can't short Dogecoin. You can buy and sell that any time of the day. Bitcoin out dogecoin in have i bought any yet no but i'm speculating not not a good not a good sell (laughs) i'm just saying to quote jim kramer we like the stock we like the stock that's that's the one thing i love about wall street bets it's just all the memes that are coming from cnbc and just jim kramer just saying we like the stock tyler go ahead and throw that that clip in there
2: we like Um, the stock.
0: How is he not had a heart attack yet because he has the buttons that he does all the the high stress things for him do you think that just pumps adrenaline through his body so he s- keeps going yeah it he doesn't actually, actually has-
1: do it, it actually does something <laughs> they're not just lights but every time he hits it it shoots adrenaline into his body it's so like a uh, crank with rate. Jason
0: Statham he has like the battery like hooked up to his heart and that uh, he, if he needs a shot of adrenaline just it's like a it's like a trumpet horn but it just masks the sound of just the electrical shock going into a system and he's like we we have to buy apple before it splits at 220
1: the concept of Kramer. that movie was amazing and
0: i what the big short no <laughs> crank crank <laughs> yeah of course it was. it was very unrealistic
1: i just on the i trailer- think we should i think we should we should do that for one episode No. Keep our adrenaline. We'll we'll measure our adrenaline levels. We have to. We'll measure our heart rate, and for the entire length of the episode, we have to maintain it at a certain point.
0: And we'll do it live on Instagram. (laughs) I'm just gonna wake up from resting, hop on the podcast, have like a 60 beat per minute heart rate, and be like, okay, I've got to keep it above 60, which means I'm living. Boom! I just tore right through that one, Jeff. No, it's gonna be. Not okay. What are you doing? I'm falling Burned out of my chair. He is laying flat on his chair, guys. This is this is the part where everyone gets really annoyed at us, and they probably are like, all right, get to the interview. So all right, fine. let's do the interview. Fine. fine, we'll do the interview. Here's a boy, Daniel Flynn, DRF Consulting. Um, you can follow him on Instagram at DRF Consulting. Follow us on Instagram at 1056 P O D C A S T. We have some good stuff coming. Maybe a live show might be creeping up there a little bit. You never know. But uh, after this weekend, we have some good stuff in the mix. Another 1050 sips coming out next Monday and a new episode after that. So stay tuned, everyone. We love you all. And here is Daniel Flynn. Bye. And we're back. And. As always, I always say, if you read the title of these episodes, which I hope that you do, we're joined by another individual somewhat in the beer industry. Maybe not directly affiliated, but he's been helping out dozens of Connecticut breweries from all things on an accounting and consulting level. This is someone, uh, like we said right before we started recording, that we always see on social media interacting with Connecticut breweries. I always thought it'd be great to have on the show, learn more about his business, learn more about what makes him tick, and all those things combined brought us here today. We're joined by Daniel R. Flynn. He is the founder of DRF Consulting,
2: and it's a pleasure
0: to have you on today. Daniel, how are you doing?
2: Doing well. Pleasure is all mine. Thanks for having me
0: no problem at all. So I will kind of jump right into it because when we first talked about doing this interview, this was the first question that I've had at top of mind. Um, in what you can sort of share, how have your clients been adjusting to everything like COVID related? Is Has this been a frantic struggle? Has this been a new opportunity to like find some way to stay you know in the in the green if you will how has that experience been overall
2: well um it's it was frantic in the beginning but uh, i i want to say the breweries that i work with and the breweries in general did a great job of sort of rebalancing and finding new revenue streams to deal with regulations and to deal with you know the safety precautions and all that so it was it was pretty frantic in the beginning i'm not gonna lie there were some some not so nice phone calls that we had to have, but um, I think the majority of the breweries did a nice job um, rebounding and sort of expanding and doing new things, which I'm sure you've, you guys have seen firsthand, you know, the, the canning, the, you know, all, all different kinds of stuff. So um, yeah, it's, it's been a little bit of everything.
1: As much as you don't want like a global pandemic because somebody decided to eat a bat in China, like as much as you don't want that, like it's awful. Like I'm I'm being serious. I make make light of it because I'm trying to keep like it light, but it it affects everybody very, very heavily. But at the same time, that kind of adversity brings out the best ideas. Like those who can pivot, right? Those who, who have the ideas to pivot, to keep afloat the best they can, obviously again, the best you can that's that's actually can be a little light in the darkness right like the little like more exciting part is to see the ideas that come out of it
2: oh absolutely and you know the the whole breweries doing self-delivery breweries having their mobile webs this website set up so you can order online to pick up right there that's a lot of stuff that breweries just weren't doing before because they didn't need to so when when That got started. Those things aren't going away. And those are just going to streamline your business and give you another revenue stream. Yeah. So that's there's definitely light in the darkness for sure.
0: Uh, That's actually a really good point too. It's something that I always think about is what causes, like what changes are going to come from all this as far as specifically within the beer industry, like in Connecticut, is e-commerce going to be a bigger thing with like delivery? We see that with like Black Hog. We see that with New Park, 12%. Just to name a few, obviously, but it's like some of those things are going to stick for a while and that could help their bottom line too, by making the product more accessible. You don't have to go 45 minutes away if they don't distribute or they should be very in a very small community in order to get the product. And I think that's like what has been one of the, the positives to come about trying to like continue to generate revenue, um, from, from the local industry, um, Oh, I had another question, actually. Um, When with all the breweries opening up, I think now that there's probably 120, I want to say in Connecticut as of this year, um, when someone let's say like I'm a prospective brewer or would it be exciting from a like accounting standpoint to say, get involved in, in a brewery scene, like definitely start a brewery. Is there this fear of the the saturation aspect from the dollars and cents from the Excel spreadsheet standpoint that you're dealing with to say, maybe don't do it or take advantage of this opportunity?
2: I'm always going to go uh, say, go for it. I think, and, and that's the question I get the most is the saturation question because mm-hmm. of the crazy run up and growth. And to be honest, I think that each town in Connecticut could service three breweries and that's, we're nowhere near that number. Yeah. So, I mean, there's one-offs and, you know, some, you know, Stanford could have seven or eight or nine if they wanted to, but some of the small towns, maybe one or two, but every town could definitely have a brewery and, and, and do well.
1: What is, what is giving you that notion that it could actually be more and we'd be to do just fine.
2: Yeah. It's look, look what's happened. Mm Hmm. The, the 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 amount of breweries that have opened compared to the breweries that have shut down, and I'm sure some of the breweries that have shut down, you know, the pandemic aside, I'm sure there were operations or or other issues involved rather than the demand not being there. So I'm I know the demand is there. Look, the numbers show that the demand is there throughout Connecticut.
0: Yeah. So. When we first had our conversation with um with the Brewers Guild, shout out to Phil, our producer, our producer just. <laughs> <laughs> producer of this show. Apparently. Thanks, Phil. Um, he kind of brought to light because we sort of brought up like, is there a bubble? Is this eventually going to burst? And is this going to not be a potential like revenue generating thing anymore? And he was like, it's really not. And since then, it's been almost a year since that interview. He's more and more correct in that point. And just to confirm your point, like I think it's possible really just comes down to can you make a good product or I mean, of course, people can make a good product, but can you brand yourself? Well, can you make your product accessible? All those things combined from a front end perspective to try and make something successful. kind of going more on the back end of things because that's obviously what you do. Before I kind of go into ask my question, uh, people who don't know what DRF Consulting is, can you give a elevator pitch as far as like what you do either for breweries or we'll just go with breweries. We'll, we'll keep it within the vertical here.
2: Sure. So uh, DRF Consulting, which is comprised of just me, is a um, full-service accounting, bookkeeping, payroll, compliance consulting company. The easiest way for me to put it is, I manage everything financial for small businesses, um, which are mostly breweries, other than the year-end tax return because I'm not a CPA, so I do everything else. That, that sounds, sounds like, like a, a lot. lot. My follow-up <laughs> was, what,
0: "Can you do my taxes?" So there.
2: No, no, and that's after after the the is there a bubble question? That's the next question I always get. No, I, I don't want to do your taxes.
1: But, but seriously, Daniel, that sounds like a lot. Like... Oh,
2: it's it's a, it's a tremendous amount of work. So
1: this is a full-time gig?
2: Um, It's actually, well, as far as time, yes. But I do I do have a nine-to-five day job as well. Okay. because uh,
1: That was, was going to be my question because it says, say, say, on your website that you've done work with Bank of America and U.S. Trust. And I was wondering, I'm, I'm you don't have to say where you work now, but I was curious, did you move on from those, what seems to me, someone who doesn't not in the business world right that's not where my brain is that sounds like big 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 stuff right that sounds like big business big companies I'll keep my mic down here and then you came and made it more local right and that's, I so is that is that what I'm seeing is that correct
2: that's exactly right I
1: and why I, did you do that
2: um well I think it was more of a personality thing I worked for like you mentioned U.S. Trust which is a private wealth management company it's a uh, suit and tie nine to five, you know, I had 485 bosses and, you know, I didn't really have any power or or have any, any really motive to to get anything done. And it's one of those places where you kind of got to put in 10, 15 years, get a bunch of letters behind your name to get anywhere. So um, I I decided to go the small business route and it's been, you know, 10 times more rewarding, both just from a career and, professional aspect and financial aspect as well so it, it really was like a wall street to main street kind of thing
1: that's amazing so is, is it rewarding to see those companies that or businesses like breweries who are just they're much more homegrown to kind of be a part of their process moving forward nice one
2: absolutely it's i mean this is you make such a such a big difference when i mean the, the amount of times i've had meetings with breweries where And then the the, the family dynamic is very similar with a lot of them. It's, it's, you know, it's a husband and a wife, or it's a couple of buddies. They want to make beer. They don't want to do accounting. They're stressed about it. They get letters in the mail. They're, they're freaking out. And I have that initial meeting and I outline what I'm going to do, what, what they're not going to have to do anymore. And it's like, their whole, it's, it changes their whole perspective. Now they can focus on their business. They can focus on, you know, what's driving the bottom line and I can handle the the paperwork and all, all the, the back end accounting. So it's, 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 it's just, you, you make such a big difference.
0: Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I think that's like with most small businesses is like you have this passion in this case, it's beer, but there's from what I know, which is very little, there's so much other red tape that comes along with it, which is really just like living in Excel, which props to you. Cause it sounds like you, you like, you have to like Excel. So I I gave you props there. I hate it. It's the worst. I've had to work in it just in some jobs that I've had. So you, you know what you you've made a a small business out of it. I give you all the credit in the world right there. Just alone on that with dealing with things. And, and I, you know,
2: it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of accounting. It's a lot of tedious work. It's, but it's, a lot of it is, it's tailored towards the brewing industry. And over the years I've just, gain so much knowledge about the brewing industry and the red tape that you mentioned. And so I, I have like a game plan going in with every client that I, that I, that I take on. So. Uh,
1: you mentioned yeah. that you do work workouts a, a, a few other clients. You don't have to name them obviously, but outside of breweries, what kind of fields, what other types of businesses are you working with?
2: So I have a handful of other types of businesses, um, auto repair shop, gym, and those are sort of a lot of my business development. Almost all my business development is is towards breweries because that's my specialty. But you know, you're you're going to get referrals from from clients. Hey, my my cousin needs help. My you know my wife has a business. Those kind of things. And um, you know, those are not in my wheelhouse. But it's the same kind of same kind of processes and same kind of services. So, um, yeah. So there's.
1: But the main clientele is our breweries.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably. I think at this point, it's about 70 to 80% of my clients are brewers, Connecticut brewers.
0: Have you and you definitely can't say who, but have you ever walked in and you're looking at the books, you're looking at all this and you're like, holy shit, like what is going on here? whether it's local or one like, like a and you're like well you really need me
1: like a consulting kitchen nightmares yeah 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 like like a gordon ramsay kitchen nightmare situation you yeah. go in and you go you you fucking donkey and then you're just like ah let <laughs> me throw a paper like yeah that would be a good show that. daniel I, it's your idea you can take it it's yeah
2: a yeah it's <laughs> i i've definitely come across some some uh some disasters but nothing that can't be fixed and if it if it takes a long time, it takes a long time. But mm-hmm. I've never, I've never come across anybody where I've told them what has to be done to get them to the place where they want to be and and have peace of mind about their financials, and they're like, ah, eh, nah, never mind. I'll just, I'll pass peace of mind on my financials. Everyone's like, all right, just do it, like get it done. It's, yeah. it's, it has to be done. It's, it's, you know, yeah. so important to the health of your business to know where your money's going, know where your money's coming from, and to stay compliant, because at the end of the day. You know, I'm, I work with breweries. I'm trying to keep everyone as compliant as possible because that's the only way we get stuff done at the capital. That's the only way we continue to grow. So that's that's, that's
1: actually a great point. If you know, if the guild and everybody else is also going to make try to make moves and changes for the industry as a whole up at the capital, I mean, at least you could have everyone following the rules, saying like we're behaving ourselves. So so help help, help us out here a bit.
2: Yeah, and, and and on that on that note, where the, the brewing industry is generating a ton of money for the state. Yeah. And it's it hasn't oh, yeah. in my opinion, it hasn't been reciprocated like that. And granted, I know it's, you know, politics are very complicated and, and it's not a, an overnight process, but that's a, a a lot of what I do is to try to advance some of the some of the rules, you know, and get a lot of rules changed. We're, we're we're one of the fastest growing states as far as breweries but our our laws and our regulations are behind so it's
0: the old uh, it's the old uh, blue laws back from when we were we had the uh the british rule like it was it's it, i mean it sounds silly but it's kind of true like a lot yeah. of these things i mean not to not they're not 300 years old but the sale of alcohol on sundays was not a thing up until like maybe 10 years ago. And that's great. Yeah. Oh, that it drives me nuts. Why so, is that a thing, Daniel?
1: I actually don't know the answer to this. Why is that a thing? Why do I, when I go to stop and shop is the whole thing covered
2: on Sundays? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm far too young to, to answer that. <laughs> man,
0: I got, I got to find out, man. Cause I'm just, I'm just peeved. It's, it's 10 to six right now. Like most of these laws and it's not just Connecticut, just in the little bit of research, just we've done with the podcast, a lot of breweries uh excuse me a lot of states have some weird weird laws and one that's pretty applicable is shipping beer like i can't ship beer to you through fedex or u.s or the postal service i use quotes very lightly wink wink okay um but technically on paper i can't do any of that um for whatever there's a reason behind it but you know it it gets so tough and then it's you know the selling, and then now on a more local level, with having to have the substantial meal because of COVID, it's the alcohol industry. My,
2: do you want my brash millennial take on? Yes,
0: um, yes. This is the headline grab. Thank you.
2: <laughs> so this, it's it's <laughs> yeah. So, in in my opinion, there are a lot of laws that need to be changed, and a lot of the people in power and political positions are old and they want to sit in their offices and not look at paperwork and not pass new laws so
0: ah, you think they're just think, over it when you put it
2: yeah that way. And, mean, and if i was if i was 65 and being paid what they're paid and i didn't have a, a quota of, of new laws i had to pass in the alcohol industry i might throw that shit right off my desk i don't know so i think we need to get a, a new younger wave of people in there who, who understand and who can relate to some of these younger, newer business sectors?
0: Yeah, interesting. I'm into it. I mean, and to your point, I mean, you know, I, I get your the 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 millennial aspect of that. Like, yeah, it could be brash, but good example. Uh, what was it? Two years ago, the law that was passed about the amount that could be carried out from what it was three liters to three cases. That was pushed a lot by the guild, but a lot of breweries who are younger pushed this through to the capital and made
2: it happen. Um that was, that was big. That was huge. Yeah. and that, that was right when we were getting
0: into the beer industry. I think that passed maybe month 2 or 3 when we were doing this. So we knew, but we didn't really like know how big of a deal it was and just all the work that went into it. So it was it was very crazy to have that happen and now I think the market can almost get to that point. You have people buying cases lining up to Fox Farm, lining up to Alvarium, lining up to these like big, I just named two randomly, but like lining up to these big, bigger name breweries that are like creating this hype. And now we like the breweries can offer that hype to them. You know, it's, it's pretty awesome to see. I don't think people are going to be, you know, like renting 18 wheelers rolling up to breweries and this whole three case thing is going to be in contention. Like that, it is like a 450 north, which is true. I've seen it happen. I'll get into that later. But uh, I think I think it's a really good start. It really should be no limit, but that- that's just my opinion. That
2: was a whole yeah. We'll we'll, we'll take what we can get.
1: Yeah. <laughs> are yeah. you are you
0: trying to run for office here, Ty? Are you trying to make a point? No, I really just wanted to mention that people who pull up an empty 18 Wheeler to 450 North and then pack it full of the slushy series and then flip it and resell it, uh, are, are bad. That's it. Are bad people. Yeah, man. It's, that's there's no, there's no other thing. I, I just, you know what, you know what, Ty, they're just big old meanies. That's what they are. Kinda. And I'm a little mad because I haven't even tried a 450 North beer. So I don't even it's baseless. It's just baseless. I just hate watch it on my Instagram. And I'm like, what are we doing with our lives? People let's. Daniel, here's, here's a random piece of knowledge <laughs> that you don't need. You
1: are the number one, most like pushed on my Facebook person. Like you might know this guy. And I want to say hi. Now you do. Now I know you. <laughs> so he's, saying, do you know these people, and it's always Daniel Flynn. I was like, yeah, I like, kinda. <laughs> why, haven't
2: you sent, why haven't you sent the request over yet? I,
1: because I wanted to have like a first, you know, meeting first before
0: we Tyler, see. Tyler place. got wow. his.
2: Tyler got his. I think. Yep, I did. I
1: friends. have higher standards for my Facebook.
0: Wow. Sorry. <laughs> Wow. Sorry. I felt, I felt like I knew Daniel from all this. No, maybe you're on. just a slut Tyler. No, <laughs> I'm an honorable man. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting this interview back on track. I look, you over do up, that and oh, I'll, I'll derail it later. Die. Like the train. I, yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> more importantly, what, what are, what, like, what are the goals for, DRF Consulting in 2021? Is it to grow the business? Is it to expand what you offer? Is it to kind of retool your approach to breweries, prospective clients? Like what is your idea of progress in 2021? Great question.
2: Thank you. Yes, great question. Um, it's the bottom line is to grow the business. There's there's 120 breweries in Connecticut. I haven't hit 30 yet. So I've got a lot of room to grow.
1: Oh yeah, so yes. pretty-
2: that's the bottom line. Obviously, 2020 wasn't a big growth year. Mm-hmm. I did end up growing a little bit, but not, I mean, not even close to what I did in 2019. So, um, yeah, I'm just looking to, you know, expand and work with as many breweries as possible.
0: Yeah. Now, when you're like prospecting, you know, I guess you're obviously trying to get anyone, but is there a certain like clientele or not clientele juice? Is there a certain like type of brewery that you have in mind? Is it, someone that maybe like you can tell by their social media, they're trying to grow and expand. They have a lot of kind of traction behind them. Is that what you're going after? Or is it really just anyone and everyone?
2: It's, it's anyone and everyone. Mm -hmm. And I I aim a lot of my outreach to the breweries that are popping up as new. um, Because I feel like it can be the most help to them. But no, I, I get referrals all the time from brewers that have been around for a while that I just, I just, I haven't, I haven't reached out to every brewery in Connecticut. So I still need to do that, you know? So, um, a lot of it's referral driven, but a lot of it is, you know, as soon as I see a new one pop up, um, you know, I'm writing the DMS. Hey, this is what I do. I work with over 20 breweries. I know Tyler and Jeff, I know Phil and then it's, 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 it's a way in the door.
0: And they say get get the fuck out of
2: here. They like, say
1: you know those guys. Ah,
0: uh, I'm out. That's what that's what they say. That's yep. how
1: I act when they say, "Hey, I know your co-host Tyler." I go, oh. ah. Yeah. yeah,
0: and then I I say, "Oh, you know me." Uh, I, same reaction. Yeah, it's to myself. I'm very self-deprecating. So
1: so when you do reach out, right? Say you 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 slide into those DMs, right? I am trying to keep hip, um, and you're that's reaching out. Sure, you're trying.
2: Joke, sure, sure, but that's you joke, but that's literally what I did. That's. And it, <laughs>
1: Fantastic, Daniel. I love it. <laughs> how,
2: do um, I got, how do you think I got on this podcast?
1: How do you think we get our guests? Tyler puts himself out there, he puts his body out there for the world, and we get our guests. I,
0: I DM JJ, JJ Watt like two weeks ago because he's an investor in athletic now. So I don't think <laughs> he, he didn't no. read it, but there's always a second option. I'm, I'm gonna go again. Okay. So, um, as I
1: was saying, so when you do reach out and you're pitching your business to breweries um, and they're interested and they you start talking to them before you come along offering your, you know, your financial services, how are they doing it? Is it, do they know a person? Is it in-house? Like how is it usually your most common way of people you see breweries handling their finances?
2: So it's, it's one of two things. It's either uh, somebody in-house or and and if it's somebody in house maybe 90% of the time it's not accurate or or not up to date <laughs> you got you you have to know the program you have to know the regulations and it's it's just a lot of work so it's either somebody in house or it's their CPA who is doing it and you know the the, the CPA doesn't want to do the day-to-day month-to-month stuff that i handle the CPA doesn't want to run your payroll. He doesn't want to pay your excise tax. He doesn't want to pay your sales tax. He doesn't want to do any of that stuff. And the CPA has to charge more for it. So I've actually done pretty well undercutting CPAs and not even undercutting, but just taking work that they don't want to do and doing it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, you know what? That's, that's, but that's important. Like, but that's, Capitalism, right? Like finding the place where people don't want to be doing it or aren't doing it,
0: and finding a little yeah. spot for you there, and growing in that spot. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Um, I have a more of a beer related question. Um, because obviously this is about Connecticut beer. You're how about after- this
1: before Ty. Before you, what yeah, are yeah. you drinking, Daniel?
0: Cut me off. That's I was gonna ask that. Great, thanks. No, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. <laughs> then why do you have such long intro about it? Because I like to hype my my question. What are you drinking?
2: So I'm drinking brand new. This might not even be at the brewery yet. Brand new. This is sincerely by front porch Front porch in Wallingford brewed at 12% in North. Haven.
0: Oh, nice. really? I didn't know they were brewed. Okay. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. It's a double IPA, 8%. You know the drill.
1: Oh, So we, we, we keep this interview going for a little bit and we get a different Daniel. Yeah, What's I'm, going on?
2: I'm ready to roll. <laughs>
0: Yeah, friend, like front Porch, they have a lot of bangers. I, um, because I would go to the beerx, especially when COVID first hit. I went to the beerx. I did like a bunch of hoax stuff, and I had the I think reverse centaur mermaid. and mermaid. Yeah, either I, reverse centaur is what I had from them, and I was like, oh, that's actually like a really solid IPA. And I can safely say I have not had a bad beer from front porch. I had their yeah. collab with the abomination, the white stout. Like the pistachio white stout was
2: absolutely that, that beer was insane. That yeah. beer was insane.
0: It was very it was very sweet. Um, because my fiance is like not a stout fan at all. Um, I was like, all right, try this. It's a white stout. Uh yeah, that that not a stout fan. It's I forever it's a running joke on this podcast. Um, I'm Tom. Yeah, I know. Jeez. Um, but it was a white stout, it was on the sweeter side. She's like, Oh, this is actually really good. Like, this is like I think that was her kind of foray into stouts a little bit i mean it's not a true stout but it was good like i really enjoyed that so um it was also a nice little flex there with uh, i don't think it's been out in the brewery yet so i'm a little jealous but i was pretty uh, uh, that was pretty slick you almost got that one by us but uh, i get I, a lot of
2: i get a lot of exclusives damn
0: it. i bet you do if i would i would throw you stuff
2: yeah Yeah. If i made
0: if, a you B- <laughs> If I made a peachy if beer, I'd do
2: be. If I don't leave my meetings with a four pack or something exclusive, I do all their taxes and stuff wrong. <laughs> <laughs> good, but you don't know. you don't
0: do their taxes, so that's there you go. Oh, good point. Wait yeah. a minute. There's it.
2: there's a lot of different types of taxes, Jeff. It's okay. Not, oh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you I, fell for that Turbo Tax. I knew, tax. I knew, knew that.
0: that. I did. I did. I didn't know that either. Um, <laughs> Is <laughs> there? Know. And I mean, I always, I always ask this, especially like those who are in the Connecticut beer scene, like know it fairly well. I would assume you are one of those people. And just based on your Instagram, social media, I would say, you know, a pretty good amount, um, in your opinion in like 20, end of 2020, maybe the second half of 2020, beginning of 2021, is there one brewery or breweries that like stick out as far as like people have been putting out like a good product? This is not as this is separate from your business side. I'm just a beer fan beer fan, Daniel, uh, is there one brewery or breweries that you've seen that are like, okay, like these people are trending in the right direction.
2: Mm. Which one of my clients can I plug here? (laughs) No, um, (laughs) which ones
1: are my favorite.
2: (laughs) No, honestly, I mean, just some of the and it's not even, you know, tied to that time frame. is some of the brewers that I think make the, some of the best beer in Connecticut.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and this one's near and dear to my heart because it was my first mm-hmm. client, but New Park Brewing in West Hartford. Yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal beer. Um, and also down in Milford, Tribus. I think they're always doing really cool stuff. Yep.
1: We are constantly kissing the toes of Tribus. So you're on the right podcast here.
0: We haven't kissed their feet in a while, but yeah, that's true. Absolutely. We really we have should to. jump back on that. I mean, we go there all the time.
1: Our pile of cash that they sent us is getting kind of low tide. We should jump. Uh, I already
0: lit it on fire to keep myself. Oh, going. come on. Sorry, capitalism and cynicism. All right, this is ironic. <laughs> Where are you
2: guys located?
0: Uh, so I'm in Shelton, and I'm and in Jeff. Trumbull, and yeah, so we're like fifth. We're pretty close. That's like one of like the closest, especially like me and Shelton. Like that is one of the closest breweries to me technically bad sons is the closest then two roads and tribus is like right there that's why i would love for someone to open like a brewery in like shelton and like really get into fairfield county and have it not be stanford like i get it's expensive here but i think someone shouldn't be a
1: coward and open up a brewery right near the trumbull high school right at the ag center right on that farm right there's (laughs) a farm right next to the high school i think don't be a coward farm breweries
0: are big yeah slap
1: it right there next to the high school baby
0: (laughs) There's, there's that's the worst not, that could
2: happen. There's not a brewery in Trumbull, right?
0: No, nope. no, there isn't. No. See? So there's there's, there's Brewport. I mean, like like I said, tech, I guess market. technically Brewport is like a brewery, and their beer is pretty good. Um, their pizza is pretty good too. So I mean, it's few and far between. If it's not Stanford or Bridgeport, you have that's there's a handful, and it's like few and far between. It's not like you go outside of Hartford and you can throw a rock, and there's like fifteen like within that area, you know.
1: We, there is a, there's a voracious in Monroe. That's the closest you get.
2: for uh, Yes.
0: And voracious is good. They're sneaky good too. And also um, Mark and Tess, cause they do Maltos, that beer shop. They are the nicest people. Um, I think everyone agrees on that. I have to say that they are the nicest people. I, they helped me with my kegerator. They are great. I was an idiot. They made me feel like more of an idiot, but they did not. But in a nice way, like in a nice that. way. I yeah, know they, they are the smartest, kindest people ever. So I had to plug them there. So that was
2: so let, let me ask you guys a question oh, i'm during, ready during this time are you still going directly to the breweries to buy your beer or are you going to your local package store
0: package store and doing like pick up like a takeout.
1: yeah so yeah for me it's package store or a special release i'll order and pick it up
0: yeah that's really but we
1: are, we're doing a trip on
0: sunday so yeah. we are gonna go to brewery so that's that's yeah. fun the reason why it's the reason why I've been doing a lot of like takeaways and just take out, I think it, the easy answer is because of the fear of COVID and, and whatnot. And that, that's still very evident. You know, I'm being cautious about it. And nor am I like looking down on people. If you want to go out, like go out. I think you have more power to and support like a local brewery. I think that's awesome. Um The other answer I give is that it has gotten Way easier, and we talked about this in the beginning. It's gotten so much easier to get beer from the breweries, and you know, like you might save a buck or two by getting a four pack than getting a pour there. I mean, I miss going out so much. Like I would, I would pay that. I would pay ten times the amount just to have a beer. And after just the experience, honestly, honestly, yeah, yeah. just to sit Um, on a bench, yeah, yeah, with uh, other bearded men. But it has gotten a lot. I was so close to not laughing at that. Sorry, and no, dogs
2: and dogs
1: <laughs> and dogs and sometimes those damn kids. know what? We're not going no. there. Damn it, wow. Jeff!
0: You brought that's, up that's for guys. another podcast. Yeah, another yeah, podcast part two. So, but no, it, it has been really easy to get beer. I mean, with e-commerce becoming a thing, that's been a lot easier of a hoop to jump through as far as like regulating it goes. Like, I've been a huge fan of ordering online. I'm doing that this Sunday. I'm, I'm going to Alvarium picking up uh King cluster. And it's like, yeah, cool. Like, I don't need to like go out and search for it somewhere. Like maybe they'll have it at the brewery and it's like a waste of, for me, it's 45 minutes it would be a waste of a 45 minute drive. And like, ah, oh, you know, like that stinks, but having this, uh, it's awesome. And in Connecticut, it wasn't as common before COVID. So it, it's really great to see that. So, um, that's Kind of but then,
1: but it. then my question is, if for those for those breweries who say, all right, let's go with Tribus, right? So, the last time I was at Tribus and to do to pick up beer, you know they had a you you had a line of cars kind of going right by. They don't have big lot of parking, right? They don't have a lot of real estate, so you kind of line of cars lined up. You kind of get called. You park in the parking lot. You get called. You line up. They hand you your beer. You go. But if that is their system for now. But then when we can reopen one day, whenever that is, and they're back to having events and people are chilling there and sitting on benches with other bearded men or whatever it is and, dog. and dogs and kids. And so but how do you maintain that? Right? Like cause now it's now it's like a logistical issue because you can't you can't have that traffic going in and the people coming in who want to sit like, so I'm not, I, I use Tribus, but not ever, a lot of breweries have this issue of not having a lot of real estate and not a lot of parking. Mm-hmm. How, how do they go about that?
2: That's a good question. Um, mm-hmm. The easiest answer is to say, you know, me, and then you don't wait in any lines.
0: That's true. I might try I that.
2: I know what you're saying. Cause I, I, I remember a, maybe a few months ago i i went to back east and they had like a whole like this whole it looked like treehouse it was like a smaller version of treehouse where you that's wait out. and you drive around so yeah it's it's a logistical nightmare but um, my my expertise aren't are in planning and zoning and and, and drive drive through so but and
1: i i guess but, they have to change the system then how they do it
2: i don't know because the system thrives on the exclusivity you know and that's what yeah the long lines and that's the only thing of, it's just part of the game
0: i think the only thing want 500
2: getting- people to show up for your exclusive drop they're going to show up You, and if they're if, if they know it's exclusive they know they're going to wait in line i mean yeah i guess uh,
1: less people are going to sit there in their cars if the brewery's open right then they're just like well since right. i'm here i'll just load it in my car or take it with me when i leave because we've done that in the past oh we yeah open. And we'd hang out for a while. We had ordered something and we would take it when we leave. You know, maybe that's, maybe we just go back to that idea.
0: I think too, not a lot of breweries are open seven days a week. So it's like, if the brewery is like closed on certain days, like that's, you would leave those two days for like, just like can pick up and releases. It kind of adds to that, like exclusivity factor of then that rarity of, okay, I have these two days to pick it up, or I guess I could pick it up whatever, but you know, it just, it still gives the option. So, I mean, it's one of those things where time will only tell. I mean, I really didn't know what to expect when COVID hit and how breweries were going to adjust. And now we're kind of seeing this mold being set and who knows like post COVID what's going to happen. And that's hopefully knock on wood pretty close. Like what's going to happen after. Cause that's a very good point. Like how are you going to handle that and trying to open a full brewery? Who knows?
2: Yeah. It's I don't legit. know. Hopefully there will be a lot of uh, people feeling like, I'm sure like both of you are that they want to be at the bar and and have I'm sure the hate to use the cliche, but pent up demand is, I think it's going to be huge once, once these uh, regulations sort of roll back. Oh, I'm going to
1: fly out of this house, dude. I'm going to, I might run to the next brewery. I might not
2: even drive. Whoa. I'll have all the energy. It's a safe way to go.
1: It is safer, especially if it's, you know, I'm going to take 95. (laughs) <laughs> the i will avoid traffic tyler i do not see the problem here yes, so- you are more
0: likely to get hit by a car because you'll be in traffic fine yeah fine whatever sure you're right god that's that's what the point of this interview is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's all i've
1: wanted to hear thank you and good night <laughs>
0: Um, on that note, so uh, before we let you go, a, a first off, you survived the gauntlet that is 1056 podcast. So uh, congratulations, you <laughs> did great.
1: Hard hitting questions over here. Yeah, really hard
0: hitting questions. <laughs> um, give us, you know, let the people know, plug your website, how people can contact you, social media. The floor is yours right now.
2: All right. Well, um, at DRF Consulting on Instagram. That's pretty much all you need to know. I'll I'll find you there. Oh, he's going
0: to find you. Yeah. We're we're going to put it, (laughs) we're going to plug it all at the
1: bottom or link in the description. I mean, if,
2: if, yeah, you can plug my stuff. I mean, I'm, if, if you know somebody who runs a brewery and they need help with their finances, give me a call, find me on Instagram, find me on Facebook, whatever.
0: Slide into those DMS baby. Yeah. You know what? Hey, I'm a testament. The sliding worked because here we are doing this. So, you know what? I applaud you for that. Listen, that's and, that's how you do
2: business in 2021.
0: Yeah, you're damn right. And you know what? You're growing lists of breweries. Um, obviously, you're you're doing something right. So, um, great guy, Daniel Flynn. I said the full name out of respect, first and last name. Um, Appreciate that. Thank, thank you. Uh, in all seriousness, thank you for coming on. Um, I, I know we've been trying to get this for a couple months, so. Really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy the rest of that front porch beer that I'm very jealous about that you're having. So yeah, there you go. Well, thank, thanks <laughs> thank for you. having me, guys. Thank you, Daniel.
2: Thank you, guys. Been great.